Welcome to the brand new podcast, the first ever episode of Always Another Game. Thank you for anybody that is joining me. I'm super excited to take you inside the athlete's mind and share with you the highs and lows of sport. But most importantly, how current athletes or retired athletes have utilized those skills and moved them into their world today, whether that's being successful with their personal development, uh, whether that's being successful with business and showing you that there is a life outside the game. So there is going to be a various structure here. Today, you're going to experience a Sean Short, and I'm going to share some of my stories on what I've taken from my life as an ice hockey player. I played semi-professional and professional and how I've had to utilize that not only in business now, not only in personal development, but even in areas such as parenting. And how I've taken away some things that I've learned from in-game scenarios or coaches or just difficult times in sport and how I've moved those into positive, more forward thinking approaches in today's world. And also, I will be having interviews with some fantastic guests and I will get them to tell their stories that hopefully then resonates with a large group of people who are looking to thrive. Uh, I had somebody in my comments this morning on one of my posts saying when they're struggling for motivation with exercise, they look at athletes, they look at what do these athletes do that makes them so successful. And she spe specifically spoke about uh, one cricket player she was fascinated with. And, and she kind of said, well, what would he do in this scenario in terms of exercise? So there is such a huge amount to learn from athletes. And on this podcast, um, as much as it would be great one day, I'm not going to bring you the Ronaldos and the Max Verstappens. Um, I'm going to bring you people who are living a life just like you, that have succeeded in sport and also have their own challenges with life. So I have uh, lined up already to come on in the interviews in the first couple of ep episodes, uh, a black belt. I have a um, ex-badminton player, an ex-Welsh uh, swimmer, volleyball soccer I have to call it soccer because the the person who's coming on is a soccer person more than a football person uh, and I will be delving into my past as well and bringing on some uh, ice hockey players also because it would be rude not to but yeah this is super exciting my first ever solo podcast always another game and that is where I'm going to start today because I want to share with you three learnings that not only I learned from sport, but I have had to utilize after I have finished playing. I am talking to you as a retired athlete. I played, uh, if anybody doesn't know, I played professionally uh, since the age of 16, always been involved around sport. I played baseball, cricket, rugby, football, roller hockey. I, I covered a large area, but ice hockey was my love, was my passion. Um, and from a quite a young age, we made a decision, my brother and I, that we were going to take on ice hockey as our main sport. We were doing very well uh, within our regions, as well as obviously locally, but regions. Um, and we made the decision that we were going to focus solely on that. And um, it taught me so much. Uh, I knew it taught me so much, but I've learned a lot more after I've played that it had such a huge part of my life, but it wasn't the only part. I could use that time. And utilize it now uh, with whatever you do, whether you're an employee, whether you want to start your own business, whether you actually own your own business, whether you're a parent, uh, whatever it might be, there is so much that sport gives you 
in the skill element. And it isn't just about, for me, stick handling or football dribbling, you know, or volleyball spiking. <laughs> there is so much more to it mentally that you can use to thrive long after your last game in sport has finished, but your life game carries on. So today in my Sean Short, I want to share with you these three learnings, these three crucial things that I've taken away from sport and used in today's world. And first, it would be rude not to, to talk to you about the title of the podcast, which is always another game. Now, where did that come from? And this is one that came up um, probably just shy of about a year ago. Uh, I was sitting on the couch and I'd kind of re uh, reached my peak with parenting. You, Any parents that are listening, you all have that moment. You can feel something rising in you um, where you know that you're building up to having enough. Uh, but you can't necessarily explain what it is. And I didn't, you know, um, my, my two boys, I love them to pieces. They are fantastic kids. They're bubbly. They're happy. But they are energetic. Um, and on this day, it was no fault of their own. They were just just being energetic. And, and I didn't shout. I didn't raise my voice. I just said, look, it's bedtime. Let's go. But I knew I'd reached my limit. And I sat there after they went to bed and I felt guilty. Because it was me at that time. I was stressed for whatever reason. I, I don't really remember, but I remembered um, it being kind of a stressful time. And it wasn't their fault. It was mine. And I'm sitting there feeling guilty. Anybody, anyone here that's had parent guilt, you'll fully understand. And, and I said, well, there's nothing you can change now. It's done. They've gone to bed. You were stressed. You, you, know, you sent them off to bed and <laughs> nothing you can change. But there's always another day. There's always another game. When I used to play, uh, we often played Saturday and Sunday. Because obviously we're not a massive sport like football where we have the luxury of playing whenever we like and people will just come. And the levels that we played at, they heavily relied on the gate ticket. So two teams would get one gate ticket every weekend that would help pay the players and pay the staff and equipment, etc. So we play Saturday and Sunday. And... If we lose on a Saturday or I had a bad game on a Saturday, I would then say, well, come on, there's no point sulking. You've got to be better tomorrow. You've got to help your team. You've got to be a better player tomorrow on Sunday. If we lost or played badly on Sunday, training was only two days away. We trained on Tuesdays. We had Mondays off, trained on Tuesdays. And the game was next Saturday. It wasn't that far away. There's always another game. And there was only ever one day that I played my final game. And, you know, you can even argue then I've been on the ice since, obviously not in a competitive environment, um, but also life is, is a game as well. So I haven't finished playing. I've just finished that phase of my life. Because a, a big part of that is I, a lot of the time I used to bring my losses home. I was very passionate about ice hockey and I used to bring that stress and, and you know, an, an annoyance that the coach said something or this player did this. I would bring that home. Now, that's not fair on anybody. So I always used to make sure that I later part of my career, I would leave it outside. I'd leave it in the car. <laughs> you've had your sulk on the way home or you've had your, your rant on the way home. You leave it outside. This is home. This is different because there's another day. You need to get ready to go tomorrow. Um, and uh, another part of that is I would use that in my next training session. So if I felt slow at the weekend, I would make sure on Tuesday, the, at the start of training, I would work on some um, some what we'd call like edge work or um, some skating, just some skating crossovers that would kind of help towards that speed element. And then often in our training sessions, we would get a little bit of time at the end of the session where some people would play games. I would take myself off for 10 minutes and work on my speed because I felt slow at the weekend. 
Now, this is at my latter part of the career. I wish I did this earlier. This is probably another learning you might get along the way. But that would help me then prepare for the next weekend to remove the negative and turn it into a positive moving forward because you always have another game. You always have another opportunity. You always have another day. If you've had a bad day, one thing I would ask yourself, has it just been a, five, a bad five minutes that's ruined your day or has it been a bad day? Most of the time, it's just a five minutes that's ruined your day. You've got to learn from that and you've got to move forward because there's another one coming. You get to wake up again. You get to live life again. You get to embrace it. You get to enjoy it. You get to see your loved ones. It's a privilege. Okay. Please see it that way, that there is another day. If you have a bad day, that doesn't have to go into a week, a month, a year. You can shift that perspective. So that was my first real learning and, and the reason really behind the podcast, because I wanted other athletes to tell these type of stories to help somebody, just one person that might be struggling with their personal development, with their business, that hears something from a black belt, from somebody who's thriving in, in business now because of what they were told by a coach when they were younger. And I wanted those to come across. The second one, this second one is if any of you do get emails from me, if you're on my mailing list or anything like that, this has been my tagline at the bottom of my email. I think since I started uh, personal training 13 years ago. So um, yeah, I might've missed that bit out as well. Cause obviously I was trying to focus on the athlete, but I've, I've uh, been personal training for 13 years. Over the last three years, it's adapted into more coaching, uh, behavior change coaching. I love behavior change. That's again, another reason behind the podcast. You're learning a lot today. You're learning a lot about me and why we're here. Um, but this second one was, I think I was about 15 and we went to a tournament in Canada. We'd stay with Billet. So there was me and one other player and we got billeted with a family, lovely family, love them to pieces. Still, um, they pop up on Facebook and, um, and you know, we, we kind of comment and, and things like that. Uh, but they had a sign on their stairs. Now, if you're any football fans here, you know, you see the players touch the sign uh, before they go out on the field. <laughs> they had a sign on the top of their stairs and it was an Einstein quote. You never fail until you stop trying. To me at that time, that massively resonated. Uh, it was a difficult time in my playing career. I knew I was good enough to be making these teams, but sometimes I was like on the edge or I'd be called in late or... It was a big, it was a big pushing phase. You know, remember I started pro at 16. So, you know, around that 14, 15 age, I knew I was getting closer. And this, you never fell until you stopped trying, made so much sense. In a game, it's very easy when you're a couple of goals down late to quit. It's easier to quit. Um, if you're not quite making the teams or you're not, you know, you're on these bigger teams, like at the time it was Team England, and I wasn't first line or power play, it's very easy to quit but this saying drove me through and I um I don't know if there is any ice hockey players that do watch this that used to play against me you can tell me but I think I used to be a bit of a pain in, in the backside some games because I would play till the final whistle um I, I still remember one game in Slough and I was hated because we were so far behind we were we we sucked that game and I just didn't give up I was hitting I was carrying on continuing to play because that's just what got driven into me from a young age is you play to that final whistle. You, you play not necessarily for the result, but for, for yourself, for your pride. Um, and if somebody else didn't like that, I would have to deal with that consequence on the ice. I nearly had to in that game from a couple of people that I wouldn't have liked 
to have deal, dealt with that consequence with. But that's how I played. That's how I live. And I still do now. It's the, everything is possible. Um, Simon Sinek, a fantastic thinker, uh, thought provoking thinker. And he, he, he kind of basically said it in some of his talks. It should never be a matter of if, but when. If you believe that it's possible and you continue to work and you refuse to quit, it will happen. It just could take you 10, 20, 30 years. Some of the most successful people and wealthiest people in the world didn't get their riches until, you know, later on in their life, like their 60s. Warren Buffett, Colonel Sanders, um, to name a couple. There are many others, but it's just that refusing to quit. And that saying has stuck with me. It's a tagline. I use it every day that I will only ever fail at something if I choose not to give it a go, not to attempt it, not to push through when things get tough. <laughs> and that came from a hockey scenario, not necessarily on the ice, but the environment that I was in at the time. Did I get lucky with the billets that I got? Yeah, I guess there was an element of luck of why I got placed with them. I actually went out to visit them. Uh, I, I stayed two tournaments with them two years in a row. And then I went back out the following summer just to visit them. It was, it was a lovely family. I hope they listen to this. Um, so, um, so yeah, that one really stuck with me. The power of a quote at the right time is, is incredible. Some of you will listen to this today and go, yeah, that's a cool quote. Thanks, Einstein. Somebody else might go, wow, actually, that makes so much sense. I need this. And that's all it needs to be. Okay. The last one. Now, what you may be seeing a little bit here is there is an element of sport, but there's an element of an external factor, especially with the last one and especially with this one. Now, this last one actually came from my granddad and it gets it got echoed through my mum. So there was a very uh, family orientated third one here. This one was a lot to do. Now, as you can imagine in sport, especially a spectator sport, in the highest league and when I played, you would occasionally, you, you would get like a thousand people. In some of the arena teams, it would be five, six or so thousand. So, you know, quite a lot of people watching you, all, all eyes on you to see if you fell over, to see if you made a bad play. And you often can get a lot of hate. Um, even if you're not an athlete, you may experience this online. Uh, you see a lot of online trolls. And I used to get it and I used to hear it. You don't hear everything when you're an athlete, but there are certain phases that you do hear the abuse from the fans. Is it right? Uh, maybe not. Does it come with the territory? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's not illegal. Might just be frowned upon, you know, certain things that people say or do. Um, and people say that, you know, they paid their money. They can kind of, you know, without going and breaking the rules, they can do what they want. And there was a lot of period of my time. I anybody that again that does know me, I struggled a little bit with with my weight throughout my playing career. Uh, a lot of yo-yo dieting. Uh, I, I tell this story a lot in in my coaching, uh, where I just didn't really understand nutrition. I didn't understand how stressed and burnt out and tired I was, and I was trying to train more to get rid of rid of the excess body fat. I was trying to diet in the week, and then I would massively overconsume calories at the weekend. So I did struggle with my weight. And there was times that I had a higher level of body fat than I, I needed. I know that now. And fans and often players would like to tell me that. Um, and now I, I grew up with quite a thick skin. My parents allowed me to, to have a thick skin from a young age. 
and I appreciate that massively because I think it's um, mental toughness and resilience is a massive skill that we need a lot of in life. And life's tough. So we, we need that. And a lot of the time with what was happening on the ice was it was words. All it was is words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. We probably all got told that as kids. Right. But this one saying I've, I've gone off on tangent a little bit there. This one saying that my granddad used to say and my mum echoed it to me was if there is truth to what somebody is saying, then do something about it. If not, just smile, laugh, ignore and get on with your day. Now, I don't know if those are the exact words, but that's pretty much um, the takeaway from it, that if there was truth to what somebody's saying, if somebody, so one thing I used to get called a lot, you're a fat personal trainer. Now, I was a personal trainer. I might have had high levels of body fat. I wouldn't have necessarily, I was a fat personal trainer, but I, I did. I had a higher level of body fat because I couldn't understand. I could help people. Um, and my toughest client was myself. It was. I was putting all my clients before me with my energy and my effort, and I was I was neglecting myself basically, um, and doing everything I could to perform at the weekend under those conditions was was very difficult. Um, but if there was truth to what somebody was saying, then do something about it. So don't whinge about it. Don't go and tell everybody what these these people have been saying to you. If there is truth, and you and and you want to do something about it, then go and do it. If there wasn't truth. OK, because there was times in my career I got called it and I wasn't. I was, I, you know, I've always been quite solid, quite sh stocky, as, as the, the saying goes. I've trained in the gym from the age of about 14. So there was times I wasn't. So they but they would say it because maybe I looked that way because of, of how I was built or they um, they just wanted to rile me up. So if it wasn't true, then I just smile and laugh and get on with my day because it should be irrelevant. If it's a lie, it shouldn't be chewing you up. It shouldn't. And even if it's true, again, it shouldn't be chewing it up because that would just be, a, it, all that is is a damage on your ego that you need to do something about and try and work on yourself. There you have it. There was my three top sporting lessons that have converted into life, okay? Uh, because again, that last one there, I mentioned it briefly a minute ago, online trolls of people today, you get a lot of it. People that disagree with you, but they do it rudely. They don't do it in the right way. And then you need to kind of look at that and go, okay, well, is what they're saying true? Or am I just triggered because they don't agree with me and they've been rude? Uh, that becomes then for you, something for you to control. Uh, for me now, often I'm, I'm all up for discussion because I know I don't know everything. Yet if somebody's rude and personal and we've never met and you wouldn't do it to my face, then the question arises, okay, well, what's going, what's really going on? What's really going on in your life? Okay. So I kind of look at it at that aspect. Is this a me problem or is this a them problem? Because if what they're saying is true, it's a me problem. If it's not, then it's a them problem and I can just smile and just get on with my day. Okay. So they've been massive for me. I would love to hear some of yours. If you've got a story to share uh, when these go live, please do uh, add yours into the comments on any platforms. This will be going live on multiple platforms from General Post to YouTube to Spotify. I would love to hear your stories. And if I have any athletes listening that do have a story that they want to share, that they feel that can help somebody, please reach out. I'm, I'm looking to take on as many guests as I need to that will suit the podcast. 
So please reach out to me. You can reach out to me on any of the platforms at The Behavior Change Coach. You can reach out to me on, on a comment on any of the posts. I would love to hear from you. Uh, and the final takeaway, if you have taken away anything from this, there is no cost to the podcast. I'm going to do this for the love of what I do. Uh, but my podcast that changed my life, the guy used to say there is a fee. And if you have taken anything away from today's session or any of the sessions you listen to, please like, share to, your, to a friend, subscribe to it to show that support and to allow us to grow and reach more people. So I always loved what he used to say. There's no cost, but there is a fee. He used to love that. Um, if you ever want to check that out, that's Andy Frasella, the MFCO project, that podcast absolutely changed my life but it is marmite i will warn you now it isn't for everybody but it was for me at the time uh, but it's a fantastic podcast i'm just going to shout that one out at the end so please like share or subscribe anything that will help move the podcast forward i cannot wait to bring you the guests uh, i've got a fantastic lineup and they will be drip feeding out uh, alongside this one as well as some more sean shorts so thank you for everybody that's listened have an incredible day Okay, because remember, there is always another game.